You're listening to the Divestopedia Exit Strategy Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs who have sold their companies and the advisors that help them. We elicit expert advice from exit planners, attorneys, merger and acquisition experts, accountants, business appraisers, and financial advisors, all with a goal of educating you about the sales process. Make sure to visit us on the web at divestopedia.com to see more of our resources for entrepreneurs who want to sell their business for the best price and terms. Whether you are thinking of selling, have started a sales process, or are post-deal, we aim to arm you with the knowledge required to maximize value and limit your downside risk. And now, here's your host, Noah Rosenfarb, a CPA and personal CFO to business owners planning their transition. Hello and welcome today to another in our series of podcasts for Exit Strategy Simplified. I've got a great guest today, Warlin Griffith. He's the founder of Wealth Management Advisors, Inc. He's an expert exit advisor for privately held business owners. And Warlin and I have some overlap in how we help clients, and I thought he'd be a great guest for the show. Warlin, welcome. Thank you, Noah. Pleasure to be so here. So let's start the interview by maybe describing for our listeners what, what a great team looks like when people are trying to plan a transition. Who are, the pe- who are the players that everyone should have and what should their functions be? And where do you fit in and, versus maybe an accountant or a lawyer? Okay, that's a, that's a great question. Well, obviously, in the work that we do, there's many different uh, advisors and types of advisors that are involved. I mean, there's mergers and acquisition attorneys. Um, there's, there may be um, a specialist in succession planning or perhaps in ESOPs, employee stock ownership plans. Um, obviously, there's going to be the CPA firms of the owner-client. Uh, uh, there's certainly going to be estate planning involved, so you'll be looking at uh, you know, insurance people and perhaps some financial planners and, and clearly attorneys that have uh, practices in estate planning. And um, there's also going to be a need for income replacement um, for the owner who's exiting a business, uh, and that is going to also require that a wealth management advisor become involved in, in a financial planner. And then obviously, and this should be done up front, is the, uh, you're going to need a valuation appraiser. Uh, and so the, there's going to be an advisory team needed for almost every transaction that includes uh, an attorney to do deal structuring and legal agreements. Um, there's going to be negotiations, which may involve uh, a mergers and acquisitions specialist or perhaps an ESOP professional or attorney. Uh, there's going to be tax implications that include uh, accountants, and there's always going to be estate planning considerations with this type of market that we're talking about. So uh, this includes estate planning competence from you know, financial planners, wealth managers, uh, attorneys, and, and clearly insurance providers uh, as well, or a combination of all of those. So, um, you know, the income replacement, uh, as I said, typically will require the expertise of a financial planner to determine exactly what the income, uh, the asset base is going to be that's required to generate that income and do an analysis of uh, the strategy to replace that income and a wealth manager to, to manage the, uh, the assets that are going to generate that income. Um, and um, 
So simply put, the business owner uh, sits in the middle of all of this together with the advisory team, uh, NOAA, and um, there's going to be a lot of coordination that's going to be needed in this. Um, as a certified ex uh, exit planning uh, advisor, um, you know, the exit strategy advisor is working with the business owner to coordinate this team uh, and all the members that are involved on it to execute on the option and the plan uh, that was written for that business owner. Um, the assembly and the functioning of, of the advisory team is absolutely critical uh, to that business owner's success. And uh, that's why it's so important to choose the members very carefully and, and let the owner's plan and the owner's wishes and goals be what drive the process, not, not the goals or wishes of the individual uh, members of that team. So that has to be quarterbacked. It's typically quarterbacked by somebody like me who is doing the exit planning and then following through and, and executing on the option that, that has been chosen as the optimal option uh, for, the, uh, for the owner. That's well said. So, uh, you know, you mentioned about eight or nine different types of people that may or may not get involved in the transaction. What's the exit advisor's role in coordinating all of that? Are you, are, do you find you're communicating everything to the, to the owner or... Uh, do the owners want you to just handle it and, you know, form a monthly meeting or a quarterly meeting and, and give them the feedback that they need? Well, um, as, the, as the quarterback in the relationship, um, you have to work with everyone, but to ensure that everyone is on the same page. First of all, I guess the most important thing is to choose the right uh, the right advisors up front. Uh, there's a lot of transaction advisors that are more focused on production for themselves than they are uh, on gener achieving what the, uh, the optimal results are going to be as specified by the plan and by the, uh, the owner himself. Um, on the other hand, uh, there are transaction advisors that are absolutely outstanding. They understand and realize that um, there's business to be had for everyone, but it has to be good business, meaning that you're serving the best interest of the client, you're working together as a team. So my role is to make sure, A, um, that the right advisors are on that team by vetting those advisors. Secondly, uh, ensuring that they understand what the plan is, what the goals and objectives are, and that we're working together to, uh, to arrive at a consensus of what the best possible solutions are for that client. And um, it doesn't mean that I have to control every minute of what's said and everything has to be funneled through me, but it does mean that um, I have to give the advisor the freedom to you know, to uh, design the strategy, design the, the, uh, the solution, discuss it, you know, with me and anybody else that's involved, any other advisors that might be involved in putting together this strategy, and, um, and they, can, they can converse directly with the client um, on any issues that need to be, you know, discussed. Um, but, you know, this has to be closely coordinated so that we can stay on target and, and be on the same page. 
Yeah. So with that kind of process and coordinating, do, in your experience, how long of a process is it and how much time should an owner plan before, you know, when they meet someone like you and decide to get engaged, what, what's a typical transition going to look like? Well, typically the exit plan, the plan itself um, will take around, typically around three months um, to do everything um, that's involved in the, on the planning side of, of this process. On the, on the execution side, uh, it, it typically will take uh, a year or even more, uh, depending on the complexities and the number of things that need to be accomplished. But I'm talking about the overall um, delivery of, of all of the, um, you know, all of the results that need to be uh, achieved on the execution or implementation side, if you will. So each piece, um, you know, one, one piece of it may, may be uh, two or three months, uh, depending on what it is. It might be estate planning, as an example. It may be involved, very involved. Uh, and it may take uh, three months in coordination of meetings and, and putting together solutions with uh, estate planning attorneys and, or perhaps uh, you know, tax specialists and, and so forth. So, uh, but overall, uh, my, my experience has been that on the delivery side, producing those results, it typically takes around a year to do that. And so for owners that maybe aren't ready to start that that process, but they're thinking about, you know, an eventual transition. What are some of the things that you'd encourage them to start doing, you know, that apply to general businesses, you know, and, and, and kind of no matter what industry they're in, no matter what type of business they have, you know, a few, a few suggestions of things they could start implementing, you know, three years out, five years out, ten years out, just to create value in their business. Okay, well, the first thing I would tell them is that they should have a plan for not for not having a plan, <laughs> which means that they could die at the desk today or on the way home tomorrow, and they don't know that. So, you know, risk management is number one on the list, and those issues should be discussed and the solutions put in place immediately. And um, but the three the three most important things I think that an owner uh, can do to prepare for an exit is first to be aware of just how critical it is to be prepared and understand um, that there's going to be uh, winners. The, the winners are going to be the ones that prepare, uh, you know, proactively, and there's going to be losers, and they're, they're going to be the people that did not prepare. Um, the second thing is for them to educate themselves on what their exit options are and the planning steps that are needed to protect the value and transferability of, of their business. And the third is not waiting to the last minute to start the planning process. Uh, you know, they need to take action to improve the value. First of all, they'd have to know what the value of their, their business is. They need to educate themselves on what are the, you know, what are the drivers of value in their business and what makes it attractive and, um, and by doing so, they're going to protect their personal wealth and their financial independence. So, for instance, Noah, you know, if you want to talk about how critical it is to be prepared, um, there's about 78 million baby boomers that are going to retire in the next 6 to 15 years approximately. And interestingly enough, um, they own about 12.5 million businesses. 
And, you know, in many cases, the younger generation doesn't want to or they're not qualified to take over those businesses or there's nobody internally, you know, to, to move into that role. And about 70%, 70% or 8.4 million of those businesses are going to have to have something happen to them. So they're either going to have to be sold to a third party they're, or they're going to have to be liquidated or they're going to have to be transferred internally to the employees, perhaps through a management buyout or through an ESOP. But something's going to have to happen, and it's going to be a tsunami. It's never, you know, this has never happened before in terms of this kind of vo volume in the history of, of our, our country. And the thing is, uh, and you probably know this as well as I do, a, a business typically represents anywhere from 80 to 90 percent of that owner's personal wealth. But statistically, 80 percent of businesses that are put on the market are not successfully sold or transferred. Uh, those are pretty stiff statistics. And not only that, but there's going to be many more sellers on the market than there's going to be buyers. So that's going to help to drive the value of your business down, and the number of buyers that are out there who are willing to talk to you will be even less. So unless you actually are proactive about this and you plan ahead, uh, you know, to increase and protect the value of your business by increasing its transferability and its attractiveness in the market, uh, you're going to end up being a real loser because, you know, that's what your, uh, your future is depending on is the value of that business. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned on those top three things is to get educated about exit options. Maybe you could start that conversation with some owners that are listening and just give them a brief overview of kind of the, hi the highlight reel of what exit options there are and maybe a few minutes of education that they could, you know, get started walking down that process. Okay. Well, okay, educating yourself on, on your options and the planning steps is, is obviously very critical. You, know, you need to know what your options are. You need to know what the pros and cons are. You also need to know how they line up with your personal goals and, and those of the business. And you need to learn the fact that there's not just one value associated with your business, but there's actually a, a range of values. And so you need to be able to understand what you can or project, you know, what you can reasonably expect to net out after fees and taxes and expenses uh, for each of those different options. Uh, the planning uh, steps typically include, uh, like any kind of planning, setting your goals and your objectives and uh, knowing what your timeline is for your exit, uh, how financially prepared you are today to be uh, making that exit personally. You know, are you going to be able to replace that income that you're currently receiving from the business and the benefits that you've been enjoying or not? You know, for the price you'll be able to get for your business, you need to know that. So you need to educate yourself on the options. You need to know how they apply to your situation. Specifically, you need to understand the value of the options that you choose. Uh, you need to start working on increasing the value of the business and know how to go about doing that and actually follow through because a plan uh, sitting on a shelf has no value as far as I'm concerned. You actually have to follow through and execute that strategy to achieve that goal. So, um, but... If I understood your question correctly, I think you asked me you want to know what some of the what some of the different options are. Is that what you asked me, Noah? Yeah, I mean, I think in a general sense, most people think, you know, 
I can leave it to my heirs or whomever's left after I'm gone to figure out how to exit the business, or I could transfer it while I'm alive. And, you know, if I plan to transfer it while I'm alive, I could sell it to a third party, I could sell it to my management team, I could give it to my family. Right. Uh, so maybe you could walk through some of those decision criteria and what, what, what are the options. Well, if they're going to leave it to their, their family to figure out, that's going to be the investment knell of the, of the business. They need, they need to, uh, you know, work uh, with that uh, family member if they're working in the business uh, to prepare them for that transfer. But anyway, there's, there's a number of, uh, you know, uh, primary exit options that are available. Um, there's the sale of the business, obviously, which you've already mentioned. There's also... Uh, the private equity uh, recapitalization uh, option that could be on the table if uh, you're the right uh, kind of company with the right kind of circumstances. Um, there's uh, the employee stock ownership plans uh, that are a possibility in some cases, and also management buyouts, and there may be some gifting options uh, on the table as well. So um, the um, you know, an owner needs to choose their their business uh, carefully. I mean, they may choose, for instance, to exit the business by way of a sale to a to an industry buyer, which we what we refer to as a strategic uh, buyer or synergistic buyer, because there's going to be some uh, synergies involved, and they're going to have to go through some sort of a formal process to make this happen. Um, you know, there is a, a mergers and acquisition process that takes place and uh, you know they're going to have to go through that process to find a buyer um, they can sell the other thing is when when you're going to sell the business you need to be aware of what's going to happen you're probably if you've prepared your business properly uh, you probably will get the highest value but not always compared to the other options that are available to you but be aware, you're also losing your job. So make sure, again, that you're going to be able to, once you net out with what, what your takeaway um, is, that you're going to be able to sustain your lifestyle. You're going to give up strategic and financial control of the business, uh, and there's no future value that's going to be available to you. And, you know, by the way, what you got paid isn't what you're keeping. You're going to have to pay some taxes. There's going to be some legal fees to be paid accounting fees, et cetera. So you need to be well prepared for that. Um, a recapitalization, typically that transaction includes a business owner who's selling a majority of their business, probably around 80%, to a private equity group. And by the way, when that private equity group comes in, they already have an exit plan in mind. They're typically looking maybe five, six, seven years out in which they're going to get a return on their investment and they're going to exit. So an owner should be doing the same thing. They should be looking at their business as their most important and their biggest investment, not a job. So, but anyway, in the, in the private equity group uh, option, the owner does stay on board with the uh, private equity group, uh, typically continues to run the business at an operational level. Uh, the private equity group will provide uh, capital and management ex expertise to pursue uh, business opportunities that that owner, you know, uh, otherwise would not be able to fund uh, himself probably. So that's um, the way that works. And when it's sold, there will be what they call a, um, a second bite of the apple, if you will. In other words, um, the owner's taking some 
some of his uh, value of his business off the table. He's leaving maybe 20% below uh, behind uh, with this, uh, you know, with this uh, uh, group uh, that he still owns, and he's hoping that um, the value of that business is going to go up. And when he sells that 20%. Uh, he's going to make much more than he would have if he had sold 100%, you know, from the start. So that's what that's all about. Uh, he keeps uh, his job. The owner keeps his job. He keeps, uh, you know, has an employment agreement typically. Um, he's going to have a stake in the future value of the business. And uh, the other thing is, though, he now has new partners who own a financial and strategic control of that business. So, um it behooves them to know whether or not they can work together. Um, there's an ESOP um, option that could be on the table, and one of the neat things about ESOPs is that it actually uh, makes it possible for the owner to create a market for the purchase of his or her shares. Um, it allows the um, owner to, to diversify instead of having all of his eggs or her eggs on, in, in one basket. Uh, and can, they can control, uh, continue to maintain control as well. Um, so um, it can uh, benefit the employees and incent the employees because shares are, are allocated to them. They don't actually own the shares, but it, it's a, um, a qualified retirement plan, Noah. So um, they participate uh, in the future value and growth of this business, and it can be very, um, you know, incentivizing for employees. Um, I think it's a win for the business owners. Um, you know, the, uh, to the business owner, the ESOP is the buyer of the stock, and it's a means of diversifying and, and succession planning. Uh, for the company, the ESOP's an alternative to a sale. And it means uh, oftentimes increasing the productivity uh, and, and offering a qualified plan to the, um, to the employees. And uh, with the employees, um, for an ESOP company, um, you know, they have a funded retirement plan, and uh, it, it affects their personal wealth because they're going to, you know, have their uh, shares bought back by the company when they, when they retire. Um, Management buyouts, Noah, um, an owner may choose to exit by selling the company to the management team, uh, but I really recommend very, very strongly a high level of personal financial readiness uh, before making that decision because if you don't, uh, you're running the risk that this management team may not uh, you know, be able to run the business as well as you did. And if you exit too early in the process, uh, you may find yourself with the business losing tremendous value and or perhaps going out of business and all of a sudden your, retire, your retirement plan is, uh, is done and over with. Um, some of the special issues that you face with um, a management buyout situation is typically the employees don't have the money to buy the business. Um, you know, the, the managers oftentimes don't like to take the risk. Uh, sometimes the, um, you know, the owner tries to fund that buyout by increasing their salaries. And what happens is a couple of things there, you know, he's financing the purchase of his, you know, his, 
of his business uh, through the managers, and you have two tiers of taxation. You know, one at the individual level, and one you know at the uh, at the uh, at the level of the individual employee. And then when the owner sells the stocks, um, uh, you know, to him, he's got to pay capital gains tax on that stock as well. So there's two tiers of taxes that he's paying, and he's got to be very careful about how he goes about uh, doing that transaction. Um, so now those are some of the considerations in a in a management buyout. Um, on the on the on the plus side, no, the managers do know the business, uh, and if they're excellent managers, uh, the, the value can be maintained, and there's continuity in the business. Uh, they know the business better than anybody else does. Certainly, uh, anybody from the outside, and uh, you know a control exit can take place over many years. And, um, you know, so the, the owner of the business needs to be aware of that and do this in a very, you know, systematic uh, manner. Yeah. And on the transfer, uh, just to recap, I mean, you did mention the sale to a strategic acquirer, uh, bringing in a private equity firm, going through with a transaction with an ESOP, and taking a look at a management buyout. Those are all options um, for the owner to transfer you know, perhaps outside of their family. Well, how have you seen transfers inside of a family? If a, you know, a parents wanted to give the shares to their children, what are some of the common ways to do that? Well, it can be a combination of, you know, gifting strategies um, and, um, you know, uh, a management buyout. Uh, with a gifting program, there's a state uh, tax issues that in uh, can include getting the assets out of the owner's estate. Uh, it has to be based on a fair market uh, value standard, and so there's going to be uh, discounts typically for lack of marketability and lack of control, and uh, what that does, it uh, allows the owner, those combined discounts, uh, allows the owner to help move more of the assets out of the estate in a, in a tax-efficient manner. Um, so those are, you know, some of the um, uh, ways that they can go about it. Uh, with regard to the management buyout, I, I feel very strongly that a, a child uh, who is working, a, you know, a family member who's working in the, in the business, if you will, should actually buy the business in one form or another rather than have it just gifted to them because, you know, the owner is the one who put all of his or her blood, sweat, and tears into the business as has put everything at risk, and this typically is not the case, you know, in, with with the uh, uh, you know the son or the daughter that's working in the business. So they need to to um, really bring that person up to speed with regard to maturity and and risk taking, and uh, give them put them in different roles throughout the the company so that they can experience the same thing that the the owner or parent has and uh, and also come up with a way in which they can have only uh, one tier of taxation if you will with the majority with the greater majority of the transfer versus uh, paying taxes at two levels yeah so you mentioned a little bit, uh, you know, in the transfers to families about the estate tax issues and fair market value standards. But in, in a general sense, 
you know, what are some of the pre-sale or pre-transfer tax and estate planning opportunities that you've seen clients implement? Maybe you could describe a few of them or maybe tell a story about uh, how an owner chose to implement one. Uh, sure. Um, actually, um, you know, there's, there's, I guess, three of the most important ones are, buy, you know, if there's more than one owner involved, uh, buy-sell agreements to protect uh, owners from each other, if you will, and to protect the continuity of the business in the event that one uh, predeceases the other, becomes divorced, or you know wants to retire, uh, etc. Uh, the other is to protect a spouse's income and lifestyle in the event that the owner uh, dies early, unexpectedly leaving that spouse and perhaps dependents without income from the business. And another one is disability, you know, to replace the owner's income, not only for that, but also to buy the owner's shares in the business. So, uh, in other words, all, all business owners uh, eventually are going to transfer their ownership interest in one form or another. But unfortunately, Noah, many, many owners, they actually fail to plan uh, you know, they don't plan for these events, and that ends up causing a forced transfer of their business in a way that they would not have wanted, uh, you know, during their lifetime. And, uh, you know, at best, uh, when they don't plan and these things happen, an owner's failure to plan for the transfer of the business can result in very serious losses of capital uh, due to debilitating, debilitating tax obligations that could have been avoided um, there can be heavy demands on the company's cash flow impairing its uh, ability to grow. Uh, there can be terminated banking relationships and credit lines due to loss of confidence in the, in the business's viability. You know, for instance, loss of confidence in the business uh, itself by the company's creditors and suppliers. And then there's uh, the loss of control of the business itself because all of a sudden that uh, owner uh, you know, that business uh, and, and the owner who remains behind uh, has new unwanted shareholders who aren't working in the business, uh, but they're making demands on uh, the surviving owner. Maybe they want to sell their shares or they want to help make decisions on uh, the direction of the business. So all of this causes very serious interruptions to the business's day-to-day -day operations. Um, at worst, that's the best side, you know. Uh, the, at, uh, at worst, the you know the owner's failure to plan for the transfer of the business can result in the in the failure of the business altogether, or the unintended liquidation and distribution, you know, of your estate in a way that you wouldn't have wanted to happen in the first place. So, clearly, all of these are possible scenarios um, that could potentially result in the loss of, of some of your best employees, even. You know, you might find the best employees in the company uh, jumping ship when they see this kind of thing happen. So, you know, uh, it, it, it creates very serious uh, problems, and these need to be avoided. Um, I, I, I have another engagement that I'm working on, and we were talking about advisors earlier. Uh, it, it's interesting. We moved on to the engagement side, the, you know, the execution side, the implementation side, if you will, Excellent client relationship with the owner, um, and we have a whole schedule of things that need to be done, uh, among which are included, you know, estate planning issues, 
uh, you know, that also involve buy-sell agreements. So I laid all of this out for him, offered the different, you know, educated him on the different strategies, made recommendations on uh, solutions, and also recommended a transaction uh, advisor who um, is uh, a specialist in business uh, related issues for business owners, and uh, I brought him in to to talk with the owner about uh, the solutions and offers and, and offer solutions to him, and also um, you know put on the table for him to bring in any other advisor that he felt um, might be qualified. But what he did is he brought in an advisor that sold him his. Uh, his uh, uh, insurance for his fleet of cars. <laughs> and that advisor ended up uh, selling him. He did not coordinate with me. He did this without my knowledge. And, and this is a, happens to be a friend of his. They run together, um, you know, every week. And this guy sold him a couple of policies that were totally inappropriate. They were structured improperly. And they compounded the, the the problem. This guy didn't. This guy's daughter is is the one who is going to take over the business, but he also has two other children outside of the business. And as a result of what this insurance guy did, and the uh, precipitated manner in which the owner moved forward without coordinating with me on buying this, these policies, he actually created. A much bigger problem, estate planning problem, and also defeated his own uh, objectives of having his daughter being the only shareholder in the business upon his death. And so uh, I had to deal with that uh, very tactfully, as you can imagine. And uh, you know, now he realizes the importance of uh, you know working closely with uh, someone who is. Uh, you know, looking out for his best interest and in, in managing the orchestra, if you will. Yeah. So uh, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, if if you don't have a plan and something happens, you know, oftentimes key employees run away uh, just because, you know, the change is thrust upon them. But, you know, do you have like a best practice that you would say for owners when they're going to discuss exit strategy with their executive team? When's the right time to bring up the topic? When's the right time to share plans? Well, I think the biggest mistake that they make, uh, honestly, is not doing it early, Noah. I mean, you should be talking with your executive management team about, uh, you know, your succession plan and you should be uh, transparent about it, uh, you know. And if the exit actually involves a transaction and it's not just a succession, you should also be talking to them early about that and put it on the table. I mean, there are the shareholders, I mean stakeholders uh, in the process. So you have to bring them into that process. And unfortunately, most owners don't. I mean, that's that's really astonishing because even though – They've worked with these people for a long time, uh, and frequently they go to them for advice about everything that's important about the business. On this particular issue, they often say nothing about it, and they keep it a secret, or they feel they can't go to them because they're afraid they might leave the company. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be succession planning just at the top. 
It should be, you know, succession planning at all important positions, right? So, I mean, often what becomes clear, Noah, is when you get these things out on the table, lots of good things start to come out of it. Uh, you know, the executives, they're typically aware when an owner is approaching a point where, you know, it's that time because of perhaps age or some other reason approaching a time when they may want to make a transition of some sort. But, you know, if it's properly handled, uh, the owner has actually prepared that executive team. You know, if that's been done, uh, you know, for an excellent manager, that process can actually begin uh, four or five years or more before the exit. So that owner should be frank, and, and the owner should be above board with all of his people and let them know he's going to retire someday, uh, he's going to help them to be successful. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, guys, I'm changing my role right now. Uh, I'm going to be more of a strategic uh, player in this company rather than tactical. I'm going to delegate a series of roles to you so I can see you in action in different areas of the company. That way you're going to grow in value to the company, and you're going to experience what I've been experiencing running it. So, you know, as, as an added incentive, they can do an ESOP or a management buyout or a combination of that over time. Uh, everybody in the company is going to see this, this, you know, this transition. And, and the owner, you know, says, I'm going to set up a board, guys. Uh, I'm going to be the chairman of the board. You're going to see all kinds of changes over the next four to five years. And I'm starting now. I'm not, I'm not waiting. So we're going to take a, a five-year horizon here, but I can tell you at some point in the future, the ownership of this company is going to change hands. That's my intention. And somebody else is going to be the executive in this company. But we're doing this together. Yeah, and, and do you think that it gets implemented in conjunction with some type of phantom equity plan, phantom stock plan, the, you know, yeah. bonus plan? to retain the employees? Yes, I do. I believe, uh, in fact, that's the best approach to take rather than, uh, you know, giving them uh, actual stock shares early in the process because that, that can end up causing serious problems uh, later on that you didn't anticipate. So it takes time to actually, uh, you know, uh, assess all of this and, and monitor it and, and measure it to see, you know, what's working and what's not and who's going to be, you know, who are going to be the leaders, who's going to be the CEO and uh, make the, the moves at the right time. So I, I do believe that that is, is the way to approach it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how about talking about exit strategy with other stakeholders like, you know, vendors, uh, you know, your supply chain, your customer base, what would you say is the best practice around that? Well, I think the best practice is actually doing what I just said, uh, you know, and preparing. If, if you're running your business the way I just laid out for you and that's the way you're working with your executives and you're transparent and you're professional and you're effective and you're productive and you're on top of your game and you're on the cutting edge of your industry, your suppliers know it, and they know what kind of management team you have. And uh, obviously there's got to be a – so you don't want to wait until the last minute when you're moving out into retirement to be, you know, exposing 
uh, those people to, uh, you know, the bankers that you're working with, the suppliers that you're working with, uh, your clients, and so forth. So this has to be done, you know, gradually uh, and very professionally over a reasonable period of time. Yeah. Maybe you could share with our listeners a few stories, either, uh, you know, about owners that you have met that came to you after they failed to plan or some owners that maybe made some difficult decisions early on in a process that really benefited them. Just if you could, you know, for our listeners, I think they enjoy hearing stories about other owners and either what challenges they faced or what successes they've had. Okay. Well, um, I have a client now who um, actually before coming to me uh, to do the exit plan for him, um, I had done a personal financial plan for him. And he was already in the midst of a uh, management buyout um, uh, process, a strategy, if you will. He, he had just initiated it. And it was planned to take place over a four- to five-year period of time. And um, what happened was that the management buyout um, did not work out. And it did not work out because uh, a proper assessment of the management team's capabilities was not made, and um, a succession planning uh, expert was not brought in to assist in that in that process of identifying and cultivating, you, if you will, a uh, you know a, a leader uh, to take over in the future. So, um, and now this. The time frame for this owner, you know, is that I want to get out within a year. Uh, and so there's no time to try this management buyout a strategy again with different players. Not only that, he uh, did um, sell some shares to, to three of the uh, key players on the management team. And now there's a need to buy back those shares, and one of the members of that team has become a very, very uh, difficult um, individual uh, who is not trustworthy, who is a, uh, quite a bit of a terrorist, if you will, uh, in the organization, and it's turned into a situation where it's going to require uh, some legal counsel um, to determine the best possible way to uh, deal with that situation because it can uh, obviously uh, cause problems with regard to this owner's uh, desire to exit uh, successfully from the business, you know, at an optimal price if this problem is still there. So uh, we're, um, we're working with him on uh, doing some reverse due diligence, um, an individual that I work with who is uh, uh, a uh, mergers and acquisitions uh, expert and an expert in, in valuations. We are working together as a team to uh, do the reverse or seller side uh, due diligence, if you will, to look at all of the uh, key areas, uh, you know, in the company that need to be, um, you know, looked at with a fine tooth comb. Uh, including the management team and, you know, the, uh, the financials, uh, you know, any environmental issues and, and so forth. And, and this particular issue, um, you know, I don't know how it's going to come out, Noah, but, uh, you know, the, I guess the, uh, the moral of the story is uh, before you start selling shares, 
you know, make sure that uh, you're you're ready to do that. Yeah. And uh, what else would you like to tell our listeners before we wrap up our conversation for today? Well, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a business owner, I would tell you um, by all means, I mean, number one, uh, the first thing that you need to do is, is have a professional valuation of your business done uh, so that you can know what your value is from a mergers and acquisitions standpoint. Um, you know, and or transfer internally, and secondly, start preparing for a, uh, a transition uh, proactively. The more time you have, uh, you know, working in your favor, uh, the better you're going to come out at the end, especially in light of the statistics that I just gave you. Secondly, um, by, by doing that, you'd be surprised at how much you can benefit yourself, all those members of your, your organization, your team, your management team, and your, and your employees uh, from a tax standpoint as well, benefits that you can reap that you're not even aware of because you're not educated on these issues. Um, and, and I would say thirdly, I'd say work with a great financial planner that you have a lot of confidence in to uh, get a good fix on how much you're going to need uh, when you do exit, uh, to be able to retire comfortably and uh, comfortably and sustain your your lifestyle, so because you need to know what you're shooting for, you have to have a target and you have to know how you're going to get there. So, at a minimum, I would say find out you know what the value of your business is and and educate yourself on what the options are. Uh, get started as soon as possible on an exit plan and also do the same thing from a personal standpoint with regard. Uh, to your personal finances. Great. Well, I wanted to say thank you very much, Warland Griffith. I'm uh, real pleased to have you. Why don't you tell the audience how they could get in touch with you if they have an interest in, in calling? Sure. Um, they can uh, call me at 305-975-8097. Uh, on my cell, or they can call my office at 305-238-8511. The uh, email address is wg at wm, like wealth management, hyphen advisors, A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S dot com. And obviously the uh, web address is uh, wm hyphen advisors dot com. Great. Thanks so much, uh, Warland, for joining us today, and thanks to all our listeners. We hope you keep tuning in. Thank you, Noah, for the opportunity. You're listening to the Divestopedia Exit Strategy Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs who have sold their companies and the advisors that help them. We elicit expert advice from exit planners, attorneys, merger and acquisition experts, accountants, business appraisers, and financial advisors, all with a goal of educating you about the sales process. Make sure to visit us on the web at divestopedia.com to see more of our resources for entrepreneurs who want to sell their business for the best price and terms. Whether you are thinking of selling, have started a sales process, or are post-deal, we aim to arm you with the knowledge required to maximize value and limit your downside risk. And now, here's your host, Noah Rosenfarb, a CPA and personal CFO to business owners planning their transition.